Are you ready for a week? Ever ready, I guess. I'm going to need more positive affirmations than I guess, and maybes, and sort ofs. I need a hard yes or no. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Not the best bump. <laughs> patience. The answer is patience. I am ready, and now you're preaching patience. I'm always, I always have to preach patience because it's the name of the game. But I am glad that you are back. I'm glad that you had a nice little trip. A trip that you can or cannot disclose if you want to. Up to you. I feel like you're creating a space that's um, making me want to speak about it. But, you know. I think you had a good time and it would be nice if you shared. But if you don't want to share, that's totally fine too. I don't mind sharing with you. Just not with others. I didn't say that. All right, I'm just, I'm just trying to clarify. You're always clarifying. What's wrong with clarifying? What's wrong with that? All right, let's just get started. It's fine. I see that I'm causing you uh, stress. So let's just dive on in. Sophisticated ignorance. You slide it right in, didn't you? Nope, don't do that. Skirt, skirt. Queen of the block. I am evolving, okay? All right, here we go again. Welcome, everybody. What's good? Welcome back to the show. Sophisticated ignorance. You already know. Welcome, welcome. I don't think we need to reintroduce ourselves anymore, or should we? I like reintroducing myself. Every single time? The more they hear your name, the more they want to scream it in bed later. Ow! I've, I, okay. All right, that is, that is the answer. <laughs> I don't think you received that very well. <laughs> I was not expecting it. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> you can't predict someone like me. I, I, you've, you've said that on the show before. So, yes. Uh, so, in case uh, you need a reminder of the names, you could be screaming uh, at some point in oh, time. Not could be. <laughs> uh, I'm Vixen J. Well, yes, what uh, name would you like to be scrimped? For me, Oh, no, 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 that's too personal. The answer no, is... No, no, what is it? I'm Vixen J, and your name? Well, you know, I have a lot of names. First off... <laughs> a lot um, of names. The name that I was given to at birth was Roverne. Mm. Um, my nickname is Rovi, mm -hmm. and I like to be called Spicy, but I have several other nicknames as well, too. But I want to refer back to the name that is going to be screamed from you. Mm -hmm. At a later time. Gotcha. That, that, that's what you were going to allude to, right? Right. So. Okay. I think the audience wants to know. I mean, I do, because I don't know. For sure. I really don't know what's the name, because, you know. Gotcha. Is it X or Fix or right. Six or whatever type of variation to your name, you know. I hear you. Okay, so let's get into the word of the week. Um, and and but we do need an answer to that though. Oh, I, since we started off so strong, I didn't, we might as well I didn't think give the were, audience what they wanted to hear. <laughs> I didn't think you wanted an answer. I thought you were just saying words, but that's fine. No, no, no. I I prefer my government name, Vixen. There it is. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. It's literally two syllables. Still a lot to say. Is it through the. Through the throes of passion. The throes of passion. It's it's literally two syllables. 
Okay. Well, you know, that's not what you like to hear. I am not one to judge. I would rather hear that name than any other name that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me Christopher. <laughs> like, that's not going to play well. <laughs> <laughs> they could say Amos. Yikes. All right. I'm going to have to edit that out of the episode <laughs> because that's, that is privy information that should only be shared amongst loved ones. <laughs> and you've violated that trust. Good job. Um, I don't feel safe, and we're going to talk about that later. Love, love is an open door. <laughs> Wowzer. All right. Well, we're just going to bypass that um, little tidbit because that was rude and offensive. Okay, so let's get to the word of the week. Rovi, you go first. I'm sure you have lots of words to share with the audience. And if you use any word that is boring or dull, we're ending this episode right here and now. My word of the week is private. Nope. All right. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. This is a great episode. We've only got a few minutes in, but you know, it's just going to be a short one this week because Roby wants to play games and I'm not here for it. <laughs> you said dull or boring. So my word is private. So what about private? Expound. Give details. Why is it so because private? Sometimes it's okay to, you know, just venture out and do something to hone into oneself and just keep things that are under wraps, under wraps. You, you know literally I mean? can't just say what you did without any details. You don't even have to go into the day to day. Just say, I did this, boom, period, next. I mean, look how hard it was for me to drag out what your name was. Um, but, but that's no, I, I just wanted to keep the privacy with you, so I'm trying to maintain that level of integrity between us. But you exposed my privates. That's what you did. Did I? Yes. Did I? Yes, you did. Uh-oh. Okay, now we're using it in the positive sense of the word now. So the real definition of privacy is lips are sealed. All right. So basically... No, I'm lying. You don't, you no, don't want lying. to share about your fantastic time. I'm not going to reveal okay. it. Because that's yes, not my you business. Are. No, I know. Because you've been... You've been alluding to it for the longest now. I, res- now, I respect now your the privacy. People want to know. The people want to know now. Now they're going to think I'm some kind of snob. <laughs> what snob? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I went to Vegas, guys. I went for a um, foot and ankle surgical uh, conference. It was fun. Um, Vegas was fun. Um, the time there was fun. Um, so your word, and it was just pretty fun. You sure your word should have been fun? That's what it should have been instead of private. I mean, I had a lot of fun in Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is a good city. Yes, t- it's a busy city. It's a great place to have fun. I've heard. And it was actually pretty quiet because of um, COVID activities. But now you know everything to the west is booming open Big now. Open, yeah. And by the time I left, it was like. I have to say quadruple the number of people Mm. in Vegas. So now it's big time. Day parties, big time. Dispensaries open for long ass lines, (laughs) big time. Strip clubs, big time casinos. Because I was talking to one of my Uber drivers who I gave him a bad rating. Because for me, I just want to get in and not talk to you for the whole ride. But he was telling me about, um, well, first of all, the car was kind of smelly. One. He took off his mask. Like, there were so many, like, negatives that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, he took off his mask in the Uber. 
I gave him a star. And then afterwards, he was talking about how um, he don't care about Uber because he is still working his job. He's just doing this part-time. But Uber doesn't understand that he don't need this for his 1094 because he got his W-2s coming in. What? He was just on a rant. Yeah, he was just on a rant. But um, one thing that actually stood out for me was he was saying that the casinos took a pretty big hit because they lost about... 15 million dollars uh within the first year of covid and i was like ooh, i was like so nobody's go you're gonna go try to go press your luck in vegas for these slots you're not gonna win the machines are already uh, <laughs> they're geared to get their money back 15 million plus all right so they don't think you're gonna go there and win a gang of money so well, first of all no i don't think anyone was gonna throw their stimmies at the slot machines you know what i mean are you serious? I think people will, especially with the PPP loans. Oh. But I'm not going to get into all of that. But, yeah, I think people really think that they'll be making up time and making up money by playing more at the slots. Because there were a lot of people. Um, they, they had the table girls dancing at the <laughs> high rollers. I am so serious. I wanted to take, like, a snap of it. First time in my life, they were just like go-go dances on top. Wow. You know, everybody just shelling out money. You know that, but that was in the high roller section. Of course, I don't got fifteen k to just. You need fifteen k just to walk in the room. So I didn't have Mood. that. I, I, Mood. You know what? Trying to pay rent. In essence, I could have walked in and then be broke for the rest of my life. So. Oh, you you got more than me. It's not a contest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I can't high roll anything. But okay, well that's fun. It was fun. I had a good time, decent time, some quiet time, some educational time, some networking time, um, a little social time. So I enjoyed myself. As you You should when you're in Vegas, because what happens in Vegas, guess what? Now we're Instagram. We don't stay there. All right. Well, nah. Okay. (laughs) Maybe in the 90s, you know, when they got real raunchy, but not anymore. Yes, what happens? Anything in, goes. What happens in Vegas goes on Instagram. So I guess that's a new motto. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, my word is for the week. Uh, I'm gonna say, you know, outside. Uh, I outside. Outside in New York City, outside is bust wide open. Um, you know, and as a result, everybody is outdoors in this beautiful weather uh i went to i ended up going like you know i took some walks i was with a friend of mine we ended up passing by a bar that was super crowded like like pre-pandemic crowded and it was just like well some people were wearing masks other people weren't and it was just very conflicting because you know for me i'm being i'm fully vaccinated so you know, the CDC is telling me 15 different things like you should wear a mask, but don't wear a mask. Yeah, you can wear it outside, but, you know, not in crowds and all this bullshit. So I've established my own rules. Uh, I just said, fuck, okay. fuck what the CDC is saying because it's it's conflicting. They're conflicting themselves. And my rule is when I'm walking down the street, and there's not much people. I'm not wearing my mask. But when there is a large group of people, I wear my mask. When I'm going into places, I wear my mask. And yeah, that's pretty much the rules for me. I mean, because at the point, it's like, what's the point of getting vaccinated? And then, in essence, still having to wear a mask all the time, like, you didn't get vaccinated. It's just, it's a lot of confusion. So, I mean, as the weather gets nicer, as I said, more people are outside enjoying it. Uh, I recently went for a bike ride, and that was wild. I realized my stamina is very low. 
yeah. It's been the first time in a long time riding my bike since like last year. I agree. I think, yeah. You agree yeah. that, what are you agreeing with? No, like, like overall, like everyone's, because we haven't been able to be outside oh. to like, it wasn't a jab. I'm just saying, like even <laughs> me, like I went out to go and pick mangoes from my tree and I'm like, what the hell? This is, this is a lot of work. And I'm just picking up mangoes out of the tree, yeah. like reaching, grabbing, pulling, coming down. I was like, oh, I am not conditioned at all. Oh no. I almost, I literally, like... I wrote, I was riding around the park and I almost gave up on the first lap. Like, I didn't even get through the first lap. I almost oh, the gave first up. lap. Um, <laughs> because the thing is, I didn't realize that you should eat before you ride your bike. I did not eat. I thought I was just going to go for an early morning ride. But then oh, I started cool. biking. It was cool. But then I started getting to an incline. I started breathing heavy. And mind you, I didn't have a mask on. It was, I was sweating, breathing heavy. I started seeing bright lights and it wasn't the sun. Um, cool. Okay. I had to take I had to take some water in. It was just I managed to make two laps around the park, but yeah, I, I need to properly prepare before doing that again because <laughs> it was a rough. But all that to say, yes, outside is uh, more open now than ever, as I said, especially in New York City where a lot of people feel like they've been inside for too long. But yeah, it's it's this summer's gonna be very interesting in the way people interact because I think a lot of people still have PTSD for being inside for so long, um, or especially just with COVID in general. And then there's other people out saying, ah, well, fuck that shit. We out here. And uh, those two conflicting perspectives is going to really clash. So, yeah, for, the, uh, for those in NYC, we shall see. But everywhere else who's big open, <laughs> like Vegas and other places, I guess y'all just don't care. I don't know. Texas been open since... 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Texas has never closed. Uh, so, you know... I can say the same for Florida, too, so... Well, Florida been open. Well... Yeah. 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 <laughs> Florida been open. That's, that's no... I'm question. not going to argue with that. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah they don't believe in closing. Um, so... <laughs> what you going to do? Open after hours. <laughs> open before hours. <laughs> wow. There's no close sign. No. no. <laughs> uh, but today, uh, we are going to talk about safe spaces. Uh, for me Ooh. personally, safe spaces, uh, especially for black and gender people. Uh, but the reason why I wanted to talk about this was because I recently came across some stuff online that challenged uh, different individuals in their professional spaces, specifically with these two stories. But ultimately, it's a matter of what consists of a space, a safe space, what does that look like, what goes into it, and why certain spaces are not equipped to cater to black people or people of different orientations and preferences, and how do we kind of work through that, right? <clears throat> So the first story I have for y'all is the story of this um, girl named, oh gosh, sorry, I need to get names right because it's a complicated story, but it's also very, it's intricate, but you know, the parts of it make 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 sense. So there's this um, esthetician, her name is uh, Namio, and Namio used to work at this uh, waxing place in Brooklyn called Sugaring Brooklyn. 
So Rovi, obviously you've been waxed before, you know what that process is like. And for certain people of certain either sizes or orientations or gender or race, you know, um, a typical waxing place is not always conducive or inclusive for certain people in the sense of comfort, right? So right. Um, <clears throat> in this case, this particular place, Sugar in Brooklyn, uh, promoted itself according to their uh, IG as all gender body positive, you know, environment. So for those who kind of fit that category, they're able to go into the space and supposed to be feel welcome or feel invited or, you know, just feel comfortable in the process. Uh, what recently happened, though, was that uh, Namio went on Instagram and recently stated that the owner of the, of the company, uh, their name is Natalie, their, pro- their pronouns are they and them. So Natalie uh, recently was very hostile towards Namio uh. and created a very unsafe environment for them to work due to the fact that they were not good at paying, paying Namio on time and other things as well as triggering certain, um, triggering certain responses to Namio that was very negative. Uh, for example, Namio uh, in, the IG, <clears throat> in the IG live that um, she did was talking about how she was triggered by past relationships that were very toxic and very, you know, like aggressive. Oh, wow. So now going into the space and Natalie responding to them in that same way when it comes to, you know, the work and all that stuff, uh, Namio was triggered. And all, all those experiences kind of all wrapped together in the sense that uh, a place that preached or promoted that level of positivity was not very respectful to the black employees that worked there. And Natalie is a white person. So, you know, it just kind of mucks the waters a little bit more. So that was uh, one scenario that was an example of, you know, a space that should have been safe or that was promoted or intended to be safe that was then sullied because of the owner's response to their employees. So, yeah, I mean, that was a wild situation. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that first, right? So once again, I mentioned before, and I, I, if this is too personal, you don't have to go into details, but for example, something like, you know, when you're going for a procedure or you're going for something that's like more self-care on a personal level, how do you feel going into those type of situations considering, I guess, the staff or whoever is servicing you? Like, do you feel comfortable in these spaces? Do you feel like, okay... You know, obviously, this is something I want to get done, so I kind of have to deal with it. Like, what is how how do you respond to, you know, those type of situations? Well, firstly, if I'm going to something where I have to, you know, divulge a piece of myself that's on a personal level, I usually look through referral from friends first. That's that's my number one go-to. If my friend feels comfortable, I feel comfortable. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Scheduling issues, yada, yada. You have to venture out into something new. When I go to someplace new, I see how um, how they greet me at the door. That's that's one thing that, that triggers me because I've many times before um, where I go to a certain establishment, if I'm not treated hey, can I help you? Or I'm busy within the first five. Just common courtesy, first off. Um, second of all, cleanliness of the place. Um, how 
the employees are interacting with each other, not only with, um, you know, lead, hand, tech, or masseuse, or whoever, how they interact with each other. If they're friendly, if it's an environment that I think that I wouldn't be stressed out in as I'm getting something done, like if I'm getting wax, mani, pedi, facial, something that's intimate to me in my, you know, self-care. I also tend to look at to see who I'm being paired with. I know it's totally random, but sometimes, you know, male or female, sometimes if I'm going to get a massage done, they usually pair me with a male. Or if I'm getting waxed or if I'm getting some kind of um, bleaching done or something like that, they'll pair me with a female. But then again, you have to go through the process to see who's good, who's bad or whatnot. Um, and how just, you know, I know a lot of people say this just to throw it out, but it's also the energy as well, too. If I don't feel like taking off my clothes there, I'm not, you know, if I don't feel safe, I'm not taking off my clothes. If I don't feel as, that, as though I'm treating being treated fairly, you won't get my money, you know, and I know a lot of people don't have that, you know, time crunch. Sometimes they're like, oh, I'm just going to suck it up. I know a lot of people just like, oh, I'm just going to suck it up and do it. You know, they said something inappropriate to me or maybe something racially driven or something about my economic background saying, oh, maybe you can't afford this. You should get this. You know, I, I look at all of those like mini microaggressions that they throw out whatever the establishment is. So that's just, and that's just from a customer standpoint. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the employees cheating the the employers are treating their employees exactly why I'm looking at the scenario how the employees are interacting with each other how they interact if there's not a a supervisor on the floor how they interact if something doesn't go according to as planned so when I go through those things those are the things that I pay attention to going into something like that and especially within the healthcare field I know that I'm usually not the patient, but when I'm the patient, I look at that from a doctor's point of view as well, too. See how front desk is. How do they treat um, someone coming in? Because if there's a hostile environment between front desk, nursing, to physician, the patient is going to sense every bit of that. Right. Um, who knows who's going to get sabotaged along the, the list of hierarchy. But those are just a couple of things that I look at. When I'm looking at, as a consumer, as a consumer, looking at it for a safe space for myself. Now, as an employee, I try to look at, you know, the worker environment. If it's a, it's a an essential safe space for me where I can actually say things without having it being judged or a fear of saying the wrong thing or being scrutinized or being silent. I know there's many times that, you know, in current events, like we're talking about things and I can't say certain things at the water cooler because I'll be seen a certain way. Or, um, for example, um, I even heard about it through the grapevine that, um, someone like me should not have been like a president elect on my board because, um, I seem too black. And this was what, this was not from a white counterpart, but it was from a black colleague who says that. It's and it always your, down. it's always your kinfolk. <laughs> It's always the king folk. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a king folk, but it trickled down <laughs> back to me. Mm -hmm. And it, it really took, I was like, first of all, the nerve of you. How can you say I'm pro-black? How do you, how do you know? You know, just playing devil advocate. How do you know I'm pro-black? The nerve of you. 
you don't know what I stand for. You've never really spoken to me, and you don't know me on that one-on-one level. But you see me, sometimes I wear my wig, sometimes I wear my wig, sometimes I wear my puff, and you make an assumption that I am Sister Soldier. You know what I mean? And when I, when I hear things like that, it makes me feel small and invisible. So if I want to say something that happened with the George Floyd uh, trial, I... I sometimes have to buffer what I'm saying without it being too judgmental. And that, that's an unsafe. I'm not, that's not my safe space. Sometimes I spend more time at work than at home. I don't feel safe in, 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 in my own job to say that because, it, it, and it's not even on the point of view of my white counterparts, but I'm, I'm being judged by my own black folk right. that, that really took, it took, I took it to heart. So yeah, as an employee, having a safe space to talk about stuff with your own people, it's kind of tricky to maneuver as well, too. Right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even in my personal workspace, now that we're diving more into talking about diversity and inclusion, uh, there have been safe spaces that have been formed, you know, by like the consultant that we're working with to have these type mm-hmm. of conversations and to like let go of you know, like a sense of privilege and all these things. And we're going to talk about that more uh, in the sense of different steps on how to create a safe space uh, in different environments. But, you know, safety is a spectrum in this case, right? Because, you know, yeah. there's there's a physical safe space, then there's more of a sharing safe space, then is more of an inclusion safe space. And all these things kind of, you know, play a role hand in hand with each other. So, I mean, in this case, for example, with the uh, Namio story, this was more of an example of a professional and personal safe space because she had a relationship with the owner that was more than just employee, you know, manager, you know, uh, right. you know Namio felt, <clears throat> Namio felt that they could share certain things with the owner that was able to kind of like, you know, kind of break down their barriers or break down their, uh, what should I say? Yeah, kind of break down their insecurities and be able to, you know, have Natalie, the owner, relate to Namio in that regard. So when Natalie used those things against Namio, right, that's when the safe space was broken. And that's when, you know, things got kind of dicey. So, you know... um, you know, creating a safe space is definitely a practice and it's something that, yeah. uh, once again, if you don't have certain things that are involved with it, which is inclusivity and all these things, then you're, you're only going to be a safe space on paper, but not in practice. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't take into account when they're having, once again, either in a professional level or a conversation or yeah. in private and all these things. I mean, that's, that's really important. Everyone, at the end of the day, everyone wants to feel safe in whatever space that they go into exactly right exactly yeah no matter what so yeah that's this i'm sorry go on no i was just i was just saying that putting it into practice and putting it from paper is definitely something that is not done often and even at work there is a zero policy for drugs and um zero policy for uh, lateness and zero policy for you know, anything that needs to be fired, but there's no zero policy for making some place unsafe to be where you work. Like, how is that not a thing now in 2021? Well, 
funny that you mentioned that because that kind of gets into our next circumstance. So okay. hold, hold that thought. Okay, I'm um, holding. But no, I mean, so this story, uh, this next example is something a little bit more sensitive. Well, I mean, both examples are sensitive, but this one is a little bit more sens- sensitive in the sense of the workspace because it deals with sexual harassment or sexual, I guess, aggressiveness. So, um, and, and it also hits a little bit more closer because it affects, like, the podcast community. Uh, so, if you do live online, if you've probably heard about this recently, if you're kind of into the podcast, I guess, you know, realm, then you might have heard about what recently happened with uh, Joe Budden and Olivia Dope. So, for those who are not familiar, uh, you know, everyone, everyone knows of Joe Budden. You might listen to the show, you might not. Uh, I personally have stopped listening to the show, especially with the pandemic, but after all the shit that's recently yeah. been happening with him, I, I fell off too. I completely just decided to come. And he's no longer a Virgo. I just want to say that. I'm just putting that he's out He's no there. longer what? He's not a part of the Virgo community. And who, which committee decided this um, decision? Is there a... Ca- My natal chart committee. There's a council of Virgos that decides who... Yes. Yes. We have the greats. I'm just going off a tangent. MJ, Beyonce, you know, mm. me. But he's no longer part of that um, list. So you were, you were under the signing no, committee. No, no. All right. We're not going to go off on this tangent. Go That's ahead. Let's stay on track yeah, right now. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. stay on track. Uh, the answer is Virgos. So anyway, so um, <laughs> this particular uh, person here, as I said, for those who know Joe Budden, he has his podcast and all these things. Uh, recently, in the past couple of weeks, he's just been, you know, between... Uh, his recent co-host or his former co-host at this point that he got into a falling out with. And then uh, this girl named Olivia Dope. So to give some backstory, if you're not familiar, or for those who are not familiar. So Olivia Dope used to be one third of a podcast on Joe Budd's network called See The Thing Is. Uh, On that show, it was Olivia. It was um, Mandy B. Mandy B is another podcaster that has her show. You might have heard of it, Horrible Decisions. And stuff like that. And then there's another young lady, uh, Bridget Kelly, who's like an artist, R&B singer, something like that. Whatever. The point is, all three of these women were started the show. As the show progressed, you know, they were talking about... It was a woman-led podcast that talked about, you know, issues happening online or whatever. It got to a point where there was an episode that featured Joe Budden on it. He was like the guest. Granted, it's his network, but yes, he was right. featured on the show. So throughout that episode... You know, basically, you know, he was he was addressing Olivia in the regards of just being sexually inappropriate with her throughout the episode. Um, And these instances were recorded and on video and all these things. So it's not to say like, oh, this happened in private or behind the scenes. Like this happened during the recording of that particular episode. Uh, So Olivia, you know, went through that. With, with Joe on the episode and he just said a lot of inappropriate things like oh you know I wish we fucked and other things along that line and just being very inappropriate so mm. uh, at the end of that particular episode she decided no I can't do this this is too much I quit I'm done so she left the show and after she left the show she messaged the other two co-hosts saying like hey y'all I can't do this anymore like she just decided to, to leave. Uh, at that point where she did message her co-host, they didn't respond. Uh, she, did mention, she did mention that she talked to them afterwards individually, so she had a conversation with them. 
and all the inappropriate stuff that happened in the episode was edited out. Uh, wow. To to Olivia's approval, right? Uh, and that was only because you know at that point you know I, obviously you know those are certain things you don't want living on the internet. But on top of that, it was just a lot. So um, so she quit the show, and then recently Olivia came out and talked about what happened, and she went through like receipts wise, like specifically what happened at different parts of the episode where Joe said something or did something inappropriate and all these things. And kind of just recounting that whole experience. And it basically ended with her saying, like, look, I shouldn't be in a space professionally where as, you know, an employee, I feel unsafe in this space, right? Especially with someone that I don't know that well. Someone who feels very comfortable in talking to me. Very comfortable to to say something like that. To talk to me in any way. And I'm supposed to, like, laugh it off or deal with it or just kind of keep it moving. So... Yeah, so she decided to leave leave the show. Now, for me, right? So the irony of that whole scenario, right, was the first episode of their podcast. Because the podcast is probably only a couple months in. So the first episode of the podcast was entitled Protect Black Women. Which is ah. the extreme irony of this whole thing. Because fast forward, here we are. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this one thing before we keep moving. Um, and this is just me being transparent, but also just me sharing my feelings. So, and, and preface this by saying, I'm not attacking this particular person. This is just me, me forming my stance on the situation as it relates to this and me understanding that this stance is important to me. So Mandy B, right, uh, is a person that used, was a former guest on the show a long time ago, um, in the past she used to be a guest on the show she appeared a few times and so after this incident on social media uh i saw mandy in particular because i don't really know the other girl personally in the sense me and mandy are in pffs but at the same time uh, i saw the way that mandy was responding to olivia's departure and kind of throwing shade at olivia in a sense where Mm. it was like oh okay um, you know, the podcast really starts at this particular episode and it was after Olivia decided to step down and all these things. So um, with, with the news that, with the news coming out of what Olivia shared about her experience, uh, a lot of people started attacking Mandy and the other co-host, uh, Bridge Kelly, for how they treated the situation. So I'm here to say that, and and. One thing I do not particularly agree with is that people started attacking Mandy's appearance. Um, Mandy, why, and it's, why is that a thing for black? Sorry, nothing. All right, it's fine. Why is that? Why is that the first thing everyone goes for? How a black woman looks in comparison to her fight or whatever. That just it, it, it brings me back to to Jackson, whatever the guy who cheated on oh, his wife. Oh, Yeah, they they attacked her looks first, and now this woman who who has been looking for support from her sisters on a feature podcast, mm-hmm. and now they're attacking her for her looks again, That that's totally uncalled for. Yeah, uh, I don't particularly agree with that. Um, so for me, it's like, at the end of the day, you know, people, people were obviously upset about the whole situation, about how, you know, her and the co-hosts, like, treated Olivia online after everything, so they started attacking her appearance. Now, Mandy has had her own thing with, you know, weight in the past and stuff like that, so... 
whatever, however, that particularly has nothing to do with me. At the end of the day, the reason why at that point I decided to unfollow Mandy for my own reasons is because I don't like the way that she treated the situation, right? So for me, it's more about her character and less about her physical appearance. I don't care how she looks. That's that. Even though I'm upset about it, me going after her physical appearance personally does nothing for the situation. I'm now judging this person based on the character, and unfortunately, based on how they treated this scenario, I, in good faith, can't follow them and their and their stuff. So, for me on a personal level, that's something that I decided that I need to do, right? Because I just don't think it's cool. Uh, all that to say, yes, this is another example of you know someone who was in a scenario where they thought they were in a safe space and that safe space was completely destroyed by mans because as we know mans are always behind some shit like this so yes um as far as i'm concerned fuck joe budden and fuck all that shit because it's just not right so in that regard and particularly when it comes to podcasting because once again uh you know you'd think that on a platform where you're talking and sharing and doing all these things, especially when it comes to either your co-host or other things like that, you'd think that, you know, or guest or whomever, you'd think that the last thing you want to do is create an unsafe environment. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's happened, it's happened on this podcast in the past. It's happened on other spaces. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of being mindful of that, taking accountability and, and doing better. But in this scenario, I mean... You know, this is extre- this is extremely extreme. Like, you know, as I said, there's video evidence of all these things and stuff. So all that to say, you know, safe spaces, once again, it's not just about a physical space. It's about, you know, any type of space or platform or anything like that. Of course. you, you know, you are... Did he ever reach out and um, apologize to? See, you know, you can be wrong, like you said, and... We totally ignorant to the fact that maybe he has not taken any type of sexual harassment course or whatever. So be it, you know, give him a benefit of the doubt, quote unquote, but it's also taking accountability, like you said, and how do you react to what has happened? Like, I have not seen any type of empathy at all on his behalf. It's like, you know what? Fuck everybody. You know, this is me. Take it. Take me for who as I am. Keeping it real goes wrong type of bullshit. I, I particularly would not give him any benefit of the doubt, me, because um, I know the way that he talks about women and there's a bunch of alleg- yeah, there's yeah. allegations out there about him being abusive and all these things. So all that to say, it's just all one big ball of nasty. So for me, it's, I don't even think it's a matter of, you know, um, benefit of the doubt or anything like that. It's just a matter of like, he should have known better and he didn't do better. And apparent, uh, allegedly he apologized on this podcast. I didn't listen to it. As I said, I don't listen to it show anymore. So allegedly he apologized and he said that he was taking accountability. But at this point for me, that bridge has already <sighs> been burned. That's it. Yeah, that's um, it for him. Yeah. I, I mean, but the thing is like, people are going to still follow him and listen to the show and do whatever. And yeah, cause the internet is just the internet and, uh, you know, it's just not okay. So, you know, based on these two examples, it's safe to say that, I mean, and these two are more professional examples because there are two people in professional environments who didn't feel safe. But this translates to a bigger conversation about how how do we create safe spaces wherever we go, 
and it's on a personal level, professional level, on a platform such as this or any other medium, like how do we properly create safe spaces? Um, I have a list that I want to go through real quick and then we can kind of break it down. So uh, this list I found online, but the list basically says here. Uh, let, me see. let me see if I resonate with any of these lists because you know how I create my own personal safe space. But By not having one at all or? You don't, oh, you don't think I have a safe space? No, I'm not. Well, your safe space is inside, no? My, my safe space is an affirmative no. And a block. It is. The one-two punch? Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's fine. There's no, there's no better safe space than not allowing someone the time. <laughs> so you're absolutely right. <laughs> Hit him with a left. Hit him with a right. Yikes. <laughs> so, yes, according to this article that I saw from uh, The Ladders, uh, the title is How to Make Every Space a Safe Space. So these are the different ways that they describe. Um, it says, these are some tips to make every, every space a safe space so you can make thoughtful decisions and have a greater peace of mind in your personal and professional life. So the first one says, make room for who you are. Feeling like you need to have your guard up all the time is exhausting and emotionally taxing. And remember, being comfortable enough in the world to let your true self shine through is a prerequisite for self-actualization. If you can't be yourself after all, who are you? Build trust. So for me, uh, I can recognize that it took me a while, at least in my professional environment at my job, to feel truly myself. Because I feel like there's different facets of myself. Um, but, for example, my job is not going to see the way I am when I interact with my friends versus, like, at work. You know what I mean? And not to say, like, that's not me being my true self, but it's just like, yeah, there's certain things that I would say you know, out in the streets with my people that I'm not going to say at work or not going to feel comfortable. Of course. But that doesn't necessarily mean that my job environment isn't safe. It just means that for me, I just know that that's just not a place I'm comfortable expressing that part of myself with, especially with my coworkers. That's just, you know, they, they can get the diet version of me while other people <laughs> can get the full, the full, I guess, sugar diversion but it's still me you know it's not it's not necessarily the fact that I'm watering myself it's watered down. down just a little it's just a matter of like hey this is a part of me that I'm giving to y'all and there's another part that I give to other people so that's that yeah. you know um, so the next one is be vulnerable and allow yourself to build an emotional connection being open Ooh. to new people experiences Ooh. and uncertainty Ooh. can feel scary Ooh. Or at least unfamiliar, oh. if uh, you're not accustomed to it. Cringe-worthy. Not cringe. Cringe-worthy. I don't let anyone know anything about me, even at work. Mm. So, doing that tool to enhance, I guess, a quote-unquote safe environment will be difficult for someone like me to do. As you know? scary as it is, communicate your fears and open up about your past. I know this is all sounding like a different language to you, and that's fine. <laughs> um, but I understand the language. It's, it's, <laughs> the thing is, 
especially at work. You know, it's 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 so difficult for me to be vulnerable at work because I feel as though they would take that and twist it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they, if I'm slacking off, it's because of this, and they would take that and run with it. Versus me being vulnerable with my friends who don't have like an ulterior motive or do they have a secret rivalry with me? You know <laughs> things like that. No, at, in the workplace, there are people oh, who oh, have... Oh, okay, in the workplace. As I'm saying, at the workplace, they'll have secret rivalry, so they'll take any vulnerability that you have and use it against you. That's just that's just my own personal thought. So I, for me, in the workplace, creating a safe space for me to be vulnerable will be a hard hill to climb. I mean, I don't know about... Can you be vulnerable at work? Uh, it depends. You know, I'm very selective with the type of... Um, with the type of information I share with my coworkers and managers and stuff. And it's only because I know that there's certain things that they can relate to or understand from my coming from me. And there's other things that, you know, they just won't know. And I don't expect, right. I don't expect my coworkers to understand every facet of me when, if I were to be vulnerable in that way and vice versa, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm semi vulnerable, semi, not fully, but semi. You know, prof- <laughs> professionally vulnerable, if that makes sense. I don't know. You, 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 you on that tightrope. No, it's just like, I mean, look, I've worked at my job for a couple of years. And though I'm comfortable enough with my coworkers, I, it's not like I'm going to talk to them like I would talk to my friends outside or anything like that. Like, I you know, just know. Well, my close coworkers. I mean, I have other coworkers that I share, like, more intimate things with, but... Um, right. Yeah. Just you know, amongst my team, I share all the surface level things, and that's pretty much it. I mean, unless it's something that's like obviously intimate or personal that I can't like hide, then sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, for the most part, not. Nah, I'll get the surface stuff, respectfully. Yeah. You know, um, and just be good that I'm sharing that with y'all. Basically, all the things I would share on Instagram is basically the stuff that that I would share with my coworkers, pretty much. Um, okay. Because I've created a space online, especially on that platform, <laughs> for Ooh. it to be inclusive to everyone that follows me. Twitter, however, that's a different story. Anyway. It's a different story, yeah. Safe spaces <laughs> on social media is a different story. Definitely. Uh, so, <laughs> let's see. The next one is be inclusive. A single member of a minority group would likely feel uncomfortable opening up to a majority group unless the space is welcoming and non-threatening. To prevent this person from feeling isolated, focus on commonalities and making that person feel welcomed and embraced as a member who truly belongs. So yeah, that's, as I said, very similar to what we're doing at our job right now when it comes to um, diversity and inclusion, you know, training. Uh, we've created a space where everyone is able to share freely and be themselves and no matter of race and, you know, background, that's pretty much what we've created. And other companies, you know, should be doing the same thing too. Uh, The next one is give others a space to talk. Although a safe space serves as a vehicle for you to unleash all your thoughts, don't feel you need to dominate the conversation. You've all come to be heard. After you listen, consider speaking. Once others have listened, let them do the talking. So yes, proper conversation. Listening first, then speaking. Because sometimes we are so prone to say something and share and talk, but we're not doing enough listening and absorbing the information and not centering ourselves 
in the conversation to where we're not properly hearing other people be heard. And that's how safety is, is created, you know. Yeah, some people just talk just to talk mm. or just to respond. Mm. I'm just That's the truth. I know. But it's fine though. Some people just talk just to talk and okay, you know just I'm, to respond. You know I'm joking. Really, you know I'm they joking. They don't really they don't really like absorb and give back exactly what, you know, is needed in the conversation. Like as someone is talking, they're ready to rebut with what they have to say without actually listening and understanding what Someone is saying, mm-hmm. and that happens often. It happens all the time. Don't, don't. You know I'm joking. Don't look at me like that. Don't do that. I don't feel safe. <laughs> that look does not make me feel I, safe. I've been very <laughs> unsafe since this whole uh, podcast has started. Wow. I've been very unsafe since, since it started. But I'm offended. But all right. But you know, <laughs> I'm just gonna try to be. Remain vulnerable and open so I can be inclusive in the conversation. Are you just using words? <laughs> What's the next one? What's the next one on the list? What's the next one? Know that your actions speak louder than words. <laughs> in your case, I think both are equally loud. But that's neither here nor there. You think my actions are loud? I think I'm very subtle and soft. One of the reasons a safe space is so impactful is because it provides a sense of reliability. It's not uncommon for people to say things and make promises they have no intention of keeping. So honesty and accountability are especially important in a safe space. Show others in the space how welcome they are and how their well-being is truly a priority for you. Come on. You know what? I have to disagree with that. Why? Listen, in the work... The work uh, force, we all tell the little white lies. Y'all be there. Y'all give you a call afterwards. So this whole honesty, you know, the the Hollywood talk that we give each other. So how can we create this space of honesty when... No, I I feel like this particular example is less about professional. It's not just like a professional thing. It's more in conversation when it comes to... Just generalized. Right, when it comes to conversation, when it comes to being inclusive or practicing that level of inclusivity is like don't say you're creating an inclusive environment and those actions don't reflect that right gotcha so that's i think that's more of what that is when it comes to your professional environment um depending on the rapport you have with your managers or other coworkers and stuff that's different but this is more of a general like if you are creating a space where everyone feels welcome then let those actions you know back it up very similar to the Namio scenario where it's like, okay, you know, this sugaring Brooklyn place promotes diversity and promotes all these things, but yet in action, the way that the owner treated their employees wasn't, wasn't lining up, you know? Um, if there's a physical environment, make it welcoming. Make a physical space more inviting. Use alternate seating areas like beanbags, stools, and cushions on the floor. Okay, well, that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, <laughs> and just one space can be enough. One of the easiest... One of the easiest ways to find a safe space is to sign up for therapy. Regardless of why you're doing it, however big or small, mm-hmm. the issue that brings you there, your therapist can build a space for you when, where you feel structure, safety, and support. Surely you're making yourself deeply vulnerable to a stranger, but it's necessary for healing. A therapist space, physical or aligned, can help you work through experiences and thoughts with a sense of reassurance, compassion, trust, and optimism. All characteristics of a nurturing safe space. So, in other words, one of the safest spaces that you could create for yourself or 
be a part of is therapy, which I totally agree. Because for me, I feel extremely comfortable with my therapist. I feel like I can share everything with them. In fact, I should probably set up another appointment soon. Um, because hashtag therapy is not just for when you're going through bad shit. Therapy yeah. is also when you are going celebrate through... the small, the small stuff too. Yeah. So therapy is a perfect example of a safe, of a structured safe space where everything that we talked about is kind of confined between you and another person, right? And that's good, you know? And if, if anything, if we, take the, if we take the nature of therapy and expand it to a larger group, then basically that's what safe spaces are. It's basically, basically, it's like taking a therapy session and expanding it to multiple people of different backgrounds and, and creeds and having that being the environment, regardless of where you are. That's really what it. That's really what it is. Um, so for you, Roby, what are some guaranteed safe spaces that you could say in your personal life and professional that you know you? That's like a guarantee for you. Like, okay, I know that you know between this person or in this environment or in this space, this is a guaranteed safe space for me. Okay, um, let me go through my safe spaces one i will have to say group chats Mm -hmm. um that's that's one safe space uh with particular individuals who are um by invite only uh we are Mm -hmm. able to i I, I guess i'm waiting for my invites though that's fine we're friends how can you have a group chat with with just me and you that that's not a i can't be i can't be cool with your other friends i can't be invited to those safe spaces well, see that I have a work group chat where we can mm-hmm. talk and mm-hmm. like vent and quote unquote bitch about right. other things that you may not understand. Of course, yeah, you yeah, it, it's easier for me to like type out something shorthand instead of saying, "Oh, what does PNA stand for?" and I'm like, "Oh, that means pneumonia." So it's easier to just do that with my medical group chat than I have my girls group chat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the other safe space for, gotcha. you know, you know that. Um, I also have interactions with personal friends that I can talk to. Girls night, movie night, in my own apartment. That's a safe space for myself as well, too, because I know I can take an account of who I actually spoke to in case something does get, quote unquote, leaked. You know what I mean? Right. Um, at work, again... Safe space is when I'm around my people. Mm. That's basically it. Everybody else will get, like, you know, the other Rovi. You know what I mean? Uh, but. I'm I, just curious. I'm curious what the other Rovi looks like. Because I've only gotten the one. And I have to settle with the one. But you've never seen me in a professional setting. Hmm. Can I get professional okay. Rovi sometimes? Is professional Rovi more accommodating? I'm just curious. I think today you woke up and chose violence. And um, I am trying to be peace because I transcend a level of, you know, some type of commonality of tranquility between us. So I would try to diffuse the situation that you're trying to create so we can have a better working environment and a safer space between us. Gotcha. So I'm getting work Rovi right now. This is work Rovi. So those are the two places that um, 
that I really feel the safest at. Um, of course, I feel safe talking to you, Vixie. You're one of my nearest and dearest. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, and you're able to get my vulnerable side and get all aspects and multitudes of Rove, right? Yes, the, the full range of Rove. There it is. Isn't that sweet? It is a nice gesture. <laughs> it's nice. Uh-huh. What, what else was I supposed to say? What do you want he me to say? He said nice. He said nice. Okay. What about you? <laughs> what are some uh, spaces that you've created? Mm. You know, one thing that I did want to steal from you is therapy. I actually don't have a therapist, but I do want one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'll be so scrutinizing because you know I have my master's in psychology. And I will be very uh, okay. foremost, more <laughs> sore. Hold on, hold on. Before you chastise me, I'm not chastising am, you. I'm going to be so particular outside of my normal particularity that I'm going to try to find somebody who can actually gauge me. But I do, I do want to talk to a therapist, good and bad, just to vent. Because my therapist used to be my mom, and you already know what it is. Yikes. Well, um, yes, having a mom as your therapist is all well and good, but realistically, it's, I, it's not, I, that's why, it's that's why, 100% I, not. why I quoted, I used quotation marks. You used, I, oh, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> what, what? Okay. You were doing gun salutes. No, I don't gun, know what you doing. Gun I, salutes. <laughs> I was quoting therapists in the context of your mom, an actual okay. professional, a paid professional will do a better job. And in essence, when it comes to therapy, it's less about the therapist telling you what's what. It's more about you talking it out yourself and them just either validating or changing the narrative or changing your perspective of how you see things. So really, you're therapizing yourself. And considering you have your master's in psychology, you probably do a good job being your own therapist in essence. Uh, but I've said that too, to even so, to some of my friends. I was like, sometimes you just need to talk it out. Yeah. And then you'll find your own answers. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's exactly what therapy is all about. But I know. Yeah. So you'll do fine in therapy. You'll do great. In fact, the therapist will probably just hang up on you and say, girl, you got this. You don't need to pay me. <laughs> Nonetheless, don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. <laughs> I'm just saying. You were the one. You were just doing gun salutes and now you're not feeling it safe. It wasn't gun salutes. One... It was quotation marks. I was no, you didn't have two hands. Oh, you did not have two hands. Okay. You had one hand, and you were just shooting up in the air like this. The point is, is that yes, therapist. I feel unsafe. That's the point. Therapist <laughs> and therapy is a safe space, and everyone should partake. For me, yes, yeah, safe spaces is therapy. Uh, it is amongst friends. It is family. Um, you know, and also, I mean, with certain coworkers at my job. I feel like I have a seat. Like I have like a work wife. No, I don't have a work wife. I don't. I don't partake in those things. Some people do that. I mean, yeah, people do yeah. that, and that's like their safe space. Oh, whoa. So yes. Yeah, so uh, between coworkers, uh, certain coworkers, there's a safe environment there. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah. It's so funny that you brought up um, <laughs> family. I'm not. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Let's you. not. It's so. Fu- I'm not doing it. So Ooh. I'm not. I'm just saying it's funny that you brought up family and I realized as I got older that I don't have a safe space with family. 
Not even particular family members? Like, particular family members. Like, my mom and my dad are, like, my core. And mm. maybe a cousin. You know <laughs> what I mean? Maybe a cousin. <laughs> a cousin. And only because he's been, like, a big brother that I never had. Mm. And I love him dearly. But other than that, it's it's just been a strain family-wise exactly. for me. And ironically, you would think that your family is, like, your first safe space. Right, because it's, That's like, what I'm saying. it's your blood. It's all these things, but sometimes family is not necessarily. They don't really foster that. And um, funny enough, when it comes to my family, in the past, like when I was younger and I would share things with my siblings and stuff, they would just go off and like tell my parents or whatever, and I felt like that was not cool, you know, because I feel like I wanted to tell them certain things of confidence. Like for example, I think I've told about my journal story. <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast um when i was younger i had a journal that was supposed to be a safe space for me i used to write all of my thoughts and even you know with me being upset and all these things i used to write all these things down and i thought my life was a 90s sitcom and my journal would be respected well plot twist it was not it was opened for everyone to see and the things that i did not want certain family members to know about they definitely um they read it back and down like that song um, you know, four page letter. Yeah. They just re- they just. But it's made you the man you are today. Correct. But I still wish that my <laughs> privacy was respected back then, without it being like you know disrespected at the time. But it's very like it's similar to a Caribbean household. You know, you can't close doors in a Caribbean household the same way. You can't. Ooh, you can't. You can't close doors. I didn't have a door till I was 20. <laughs> How did they deny? How did they deny you a door? <laughs> I had not a door. This is where the house comes with. <laughs> I had no door. My friends had people over. They had boys over after school. I couldn't do half of that stuff. Yikes. I had no door. But, you know, it made me the person who I am today. Of course. Um, Fast forward. A clean, good girl. Your words. The answer is your words. Um, and, and, oh, it goes back to knowing that your actions speak louder than words. There it is. So just put that into practice. You just said my words, and then what action did I display? I, no, I don't get No, no, whatever actions, just make sure that they speak louder than the words that you just said. Oh. That's all. That's it, and that's all. Okay. Um, but also, yeah, speaking of, before we get into our question for the day, also shout out to, um, shout out to Jade because I was on their Instagram recently and they were sharing about Pride, Pride that's coming up, right? Pride Month is in June. And um, they were sharing, like, I guess someone made a TikTok about uh, how it, with Pride, there are particular spaces that are not accessible or inclusive to uh, everybody in the queer spectrum. And I, I mean, I've never partook in a pride celebration, so to speak, but thinking about what that person talked about when it comes to uh, pride, for example, c- primarily catering or primarily being centered around cis, cis gay men and not being inclusive to other people in the spectrum when it comes to disabledism uh, or ableism in the queer community and all these things is actually something that should really be highlighted. And the fact that there are these particular spaces that 
cater to that accessibility uh, is something that should really be brought more to the forefront, especially when it comes to pride, because pride is primarily in the past and, you know, not really historically, but in the past, you know, it's been infamously known to cater to cis gay males and, you know, pride, you know, in the sense of like the different events that happen is primarily about, you know, people just being raunchy and about sex and all these things. But sometimes, you know, there are other people a part of that queer spectrum that, you know, especially depending on age and ableism, they want to partake in other events that don't necessarily involve around those themes. So just something to think about for those uh, who are a part of that community and thinking about Pride once again coming up next month and uh, how that level of accessibility should be brought to the forefront, uh, you know, this upcoming celebration. So just a word to the wise, just some gems I'm going to drop there and um, you guys can chew on. Sprinkle. Yeah. Yep. There it is. So let's get into our... Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I, th- I, w- I, think it was I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, me neither. Uh, that's why I wanted to shout it out because it, it does relate to our topic. And also, as I said, for me, for someone that's outside of that community, you know, it's something that, you know, at least when I think of Pride or when I thought of Pride in the past, it's like, okay, celebration, parade, you know, people expressing themselves or press- expressing who they are. But I never really knew that there was some intersectionality a part of that that prevented certain people um in the community from being able to fully be themselves or express themselves in in this environment so yeah i just felt like it was important to highlight in that regard as well so let's get to our inquiry shall we uh for those of you who have questions please email sophigpodcast at gmail.com you know you should actually ask your uh group chats if they may have a cue, Roe v, that they could send it our way and we could answer it, you know? Not a problem. I mean, I what good... about your group chat? I have many a group chat that I could do that with. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? We should both do it. Why not? Sure. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it together. Let's throw it out there and let's see who bites. But Let's do it No, together. no. See, your double gun fingers, I don't know what that's about. I don't like it. Okay. That's very. That, it's it's giving me. I will, but I won't, and I don't. I don't know why. That's not who I am, though. Mm, mm. It seems like your actions are speaking louder than your words. That's what it seems like, but that's just me. Here we are. It, maybe it's just a you thing. Yikes! All right. Well, <laughs> let's get to this question, <laughs> shall we? We're not even going to address it. Uh, so this question um, comes from Reddit user. Uh, tell the crows and the question is does this count as child neglect oh my god uh, yeah I'm not ready it's, it's, no. it's a lot alright uh, let's just get into the question so it says I'm a teenager and I live with my dad and grandma I haven't had water in a month because the water in my neighborhood is undrinkable and my dad hasn't bought bottled water in a while I have a lot of health issues including my skin getting so dry that it flakes off and bleeds and I feel nauseous constantly. And I have asked my dad to take me to a doctor. He hasn't. My mental health is even worse to the point where I tried to kill myself last August. But they won't get me help even though I've begged to see a therapist. I have really severe sensory issues, mainly with food. 
and yet they expose me to things that make me incredibly uncomfortable. They never listen to me. My laundry hasn't been cleaned in months. I'm not allowed outside unless it's for school or groceries. I can't li leave on my own to even walk around or anything. Also, I'm failing every class. Does this count as child neglect? Um, I can't safely answer that. Um, I, uh, um, okay. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. This is a this is a very it's it's a mouthful. Um, this is a layered this is a cake with many layers that I I don't even know how to begin tackling. So, I mean, I didn't fully read the question when I first found it. I thought that this person probably had a child, and based off of their issues, that they were wondering if with all their issues they were able to take care of said child that they had and is that child neglect but i didn't realize that they were the child in this case that was neglected uh that changes the whole conversation so first of all user i'm so sorry that you're going through all these things this sounds yeah this sounds wild extreme i mean yeah. you know between the attempted suicide and the physical issues and all these things i mean look just reading this, your father's trash. I'm sorry. I know this is not a am I the asshole, but your dad is your dad is an asshole because I there's no way in any good faith that I'm seeing my child go through this and not doing my best to tackle it or address all these issues. So that's that. So yeah, your your dad is trash. Uh, I, I just need you to let. Yeah. We have to make this very very aware. On top of that, I, and you say teenager, I wonder how young uh, right. you are because, I mean, and, and not even to justify, like, you know, people may say, oh, well, if you're 18, 19, then you should be able to do certain things by yourself. But no, regardless, you live with your dad and your grandma. Like, they're your, they're your guardians legally. Legally, they're your guardians. So they should be taking care of you. The fact that you're going through all these things that they haven't, been there to help you or I mean in this case you said something about you know you asked your dad to take you to the doctor and he has it trash so I mean Rovi what do you think this is is this technically child neglect it's a lot there 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 are um there's synopsis of it of a child not being cared for. I mean, there's there's a whole multitude of neglect. You know, they are doing a lot of um, seems like physical neglect, um, a lot of emotional neglect. Child's failing school, educational neglect. There's a lot of things um, neglectful in regards to what's going on in the home. You know, because just human life we have basic needs you know shelter food emotional support and those are just some basic elements that are not being tend to to the child so there there's some aspect of neglect there 100 percent. right uh i actually just want to put out something which i feel like i read but didn't really take in um, oh lord no no what did i no no, no. i mean because okay realistic to be very transparent, like I'm, I saw the question, I, you know, I saw the question and I read it, 
but at the same time, you know, I'm looking at the responses. Other people have responded to this question on the thread. Uh-huh. And I realized that the person, the person who posted this said, I haven't had water in a month. So let's, <laughs> let's take this into context. Um, realistically, your body needs water. Yeah. Um, if you, you can't survive a couple of days without water. Well, this person said a month. So what are they drinking? There has to be some kind of liquid. So milk, juice, ice pops, jello. I don't I don't know. Something that has water substance in it, lettuce. Like see there's two there's you can't just cause sometimes and I'm not trying to play devil's advocate, but sometimes there are uh some toxic kids out there. Like I know kids who used to call the hotline and said that their parents were abusing them and that wasn't the case. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't. Well, but yeah. I don't I don't really know the story and I don't know the different sides, but if you are being withheld water for a month, you would not be able to type it on Reddit on a public forum to get an opinion of people. Not trying to sound cold no, no, or no. harsh. No, you're absolutely right. And once again, I'm just going to be very transparent. Everybody in the thread is basically calling this person a troll. I didn't call them a troll. <laughs> Wait, and now, you, know you have me feeling so bad for the Okay, kids. no, uh, here's hey, the deal. Oh, here's oh the deal. God. When you see words oh such God. as child neglect, you're going to, your feelings I'm are going like, to go what's off. Going on in the, I'm like, what is going on in the household? There's so many layers of neglect. Is what, what's really happening? I'm going to re- Like, what are the needs being met? Are they being fed? Are they being loved? Are they being cared for? I'm going to respectfully know? admit that I did not read the question before we addressed it. Okay, so this could be uh, an example. I still stand by what I said. No, of course, because we're human beings. And if this was real, uh, this is all alleged. We don't know. But the answer is, if this scenario happens to be real, then of course we would respond on some, yo, this is neglect. This person should get help or or reach out to other public services or whatever. If this person has to be trolling, then that's trash in 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 itself. And that person uh, should not be wasting time on the internet. Either way, we answered the question. So if you have a question, you email <laughs> us. We are not here to determine what's real and that's real. We're here to answer questions. So answer, <laughs> email your questions, real or not, to podcast at gmail.com. And we will address it contextually as you send it. And if it happens to be fake, well, hey, somebody out there might be going through something similar. And we've helped someone today. So yeah, I'll okay. stand by my ignorance. There it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. I will stand by it because I'm embarrassed and I don't want to take it back. That's okay. Yeah. You know, okay. sometimes the internet, you know, this is, this is what the risk of answering random questions on the internet. You just never know what you're going to get. So, yeah, I will just make sure to put a question mark. Uh, on this particular thing, and um, yeah, keep it pushing. So, Rovi, okay. how do you feel? How, what'd you learn? You're good. You feeling good? We've ended. I feel better. We've ended another uh, episode of this fun-filled show. I love being here, and hopefully, you know, I say something good. <laughs> what does that mean? What do you mean? Hopefully, I say something good that, you know, ignites something in someone, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're here to change lives. I I don't know about that. Mm. 
My scope is kind of small. All right. We're here to change <laughs> one heart and one mind. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. I'll give a new, a new type of perspective on things, maybe. We'll take it one heart and one mind at a time. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And one soul. S-O-L-E. Get it? Get it? Get it? All right. Yep. I get it. That was very clever, friend. You are very clever. That seems disingenuous. <laughs> but here we are. It's fine. I've made some very... I've made some jokes <laughs> myself in the past, so I, I'm not going to say anything. That's fine. The answer is, <laughs> you got it. Uh, so, that is it for us this week. Make sure to follow us on social media on Instagram and on Twitter for the podcast. Make sure to listen to us on all of our podcast platforms. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. If someone's blasting it from a car, listen to it there. Uh, And all other platforms that you have. Uh, Make sure to follow us individually, uh, me and Rove, on our respective social medias. And yeah, make sure to share, like the podcast, episodes and we're also on youtube as well so make sure to subscribe and see our faces uh and all of our expressions and all of our um you know physical cues of rudeness and (laughs) elation uh all all on camera so make sure to do that please thank you very much have any announcements like comment and share 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 do you have any announcements i I like when, when podcasts end with announcements do you have any announcements roby I personally don't. Do you? I, I don't think I have any announcements either. It just sounded good to say it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, you know, just stay tuned for the next episode. As they should. As all of the listeners burr, should. What's happening? What are you doing? You missed the whole, you missed the whole segue. I did the stay tuned for the next episode. I dropped my Snoop, Nate Dogg, Dr. Dre. West Coast Cali vibes. <sighs> Never mind. You ruined it. You Sorry, guys. You ruined it. I, why, why are you saying sorry, one? Two, I knew what song you were trumpeting. You ruined it. But you, you ruined it. What was it. I supposed like, to do? Sing the lyrics? Just, yeah. You're supposed to say, hold up. You're supposed to, you supposed to, oh, so, so, so I'm supposed to automatically jump on your cues, but when I have cues, then you don't jump on it. the ebb and flow. You missed the ebb and flow thing. Do you not know that the woman is in control? It always is the power of the pee. And that will be on the next episode. Thank you guys so much (laughs) for listening. What is going on? (laughs) Okay. I want you to remember that you said those words. The power of the pee. I want you to remember that. I just want you to remember those words and put them into action. That's all I'm going to say. Which P? What do you mean, which P? You got it, Chief. All right, all. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, we are going to end the episode right here. We've we've ended the episode a long time ago. You just kept dragging it. Thank you guys for listening. And we will listen to you on the next episode. They'll listen to us. We won't listen to them.
You were supposed to come in with the cue again. What cue? What cue? Oh my God! Just end it. I'm, Forget I'm it. done. Goodbye. Yep, we're Thank not you. doing this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing this with yeah. you. Goodbye. We're gonna talk to you about cues later. Uh huh. No, no, no. Uh, nope. Uh-uh. <laughs> Say goodbye, Ruby. Bye.